Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. Oh, it's an old John McKay quote. I was kidding. It was tongue in cheek. It wasn't funny. It's, a, it's an old, it's an old John McKay quote that he used after the game. Um, so I was, I was talking and, and you know, making a joke about it. Why it was taken serious? Are you people crazy? Mm-hmm. It's a John McKay quote that he used after a game. I was stealing one of his old quotes and being funny. I guess nobody likes to be funny anymore. So, yeah, if you want to take me to town on that, please do. Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly explaining his execution comment from Sunday. John McKay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach, when they lost 26 in a row to start the franchise. little tension at Notre Dame, PK. Yeah, it didn't go over well. He set himself up, and it wasn't funny in this context. I mean, John McKay, when he said that, was funny. I don't remember him saying that, but I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Uh, and so he was asked, what do you think of the team's execution? He said, yeah, I'm um, in favor. It was funny. I was listening to uh, uh, some guy last night. I had a drive, and uh, he was, I think it's ESPN, I mean Fox, and he kept saying, yeah, it was the old John McVeigh quote. McVeigh? Yeah. No, that's the wrong Tampa Bay guy. <laughs> By a couple decades. Well, it's actually the wrong Fleetwood Mac guy. Ah! <laughs> Famous McVeigh's. Ready, go. That's all I got for you. Who, who was another Liber- McVeigh? What? There was another McVeigh? Yeah, I think there was a GM there. Oh. Ole Miss wrapped up Labor Day. They beat Louisville 43-24, the last college football game of the opening weekend of the season. So there you go. On the second weekend of the season. Right. <laughs> Randy Edsall said he was going to retire at the end of the season. Instead, he decided to step down immediately. And the defensive coordinator, Lou Spanos, to take over. Who? Lou Spanos. Lou's? That's Lou. a bad name for a head coach. <laughs> Lou. L-O-U. Oh. Spanos. Washington coach Jimmy Lake said his team is looking to make amends to their fan base after arguably the most embarrassing loss in the history of the Huskies football program. They fell 13-7 to Montana from the big sky. They had been the 20th ranked team in the country. That's inarguably. Uh, Yeah, you know how Hauk was good first time around, then he sucked at UNLV, now he's good again? I wonder if it's the players. Possibly. (laughs) It's a great thing about Whittingham. You ever try to throw credit his way, he'll just tell you it's about the players. Of course, he's getting the four million bucks, but uh, other yeah, than that, it's about the uh, about hey, the players. Leave that part out of it, okay? Hey, who picked the players? <laughs> BYU coach Kalani Sataki says Keenan Ellis continues to improve and will be in the concussion protocol. While standout wide receiver Gunnar Romney is doubtful, played this weekend against Utah. At, at what point do you become a standout receiver based on high school rep? Occasional big plays. <laughs> Near touchdowns. like Tantalize. When is he going to be a standout? He's got standout ability, but he's hurt a lot, unfortunately for him. And the team, yes. 
Actually, I don't think it's that big of a deal for the team. They'll plug in another wide receiver? Well, this week with the Nakua brothers coming back, yes. I think it's more it's far more unfortunate for him. Him. That he just can't find a way to have consistent health. It sucks, actually. I feel really bad for the kid. Michigan standout wide receiver Ronnie Bell, knee injury. Minnesota running back. Mohamed Ibrahim. Lower leg injury, both out for the season, according to their respective head coaches. An Alabama star linebacker, Christopher Allen, needs surgery for a fractured foot. He could be out for the season as well. Welcome back to football. It's a violent game, and here come the season-ending injuries. No COVID? What's going on here, man? That's a quiet day. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Well, Tyrod Taylor will start for us at quarterback, for sure. You ready to disclose you guys No. I didn't expect you to go that far. You know, just where you were at. That's what they said. No. I know that's the one everybody's always wondering. I, I've, you know, it's come up before, but he will start for us on Sunday. That's David Culley, Houston Texans coach. Tyrod Taylor will be the starting QB. So, okay. so there's no need for me to learn anything about David Culley then. Right? That's very unfortunate <laughs> timing to get that job and then have everything go with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Bad career break right there. Giants running back Saquon Barkley is trending towards being available to play this Sunday. What's trending? Saquon Barkley. See? Giants <laughs> and Broncos. Uh, he's returning from an ACL tear in his right knee. Ravens gave Mark Andrews four-year contract extension worth $56 million. He gets it on his birthday, so that's a heck of a birthday gift. That's $14 million per year average. That makes Andrews the third highest-paid, third highest-paid third highest, third highest tight end in the league behind George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. Heck of a birthday gift right there, PK. Here's your $56 million extension. Good for them. Man, it's pro sports. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Estrada hits another high drive down the left field line. This one is on its way, and it is gone! Tyro Estrada! And it's 6-1, to one, Giants. One ball, no strike pitch to Taylor. He swings, and he lifts it in the air deep to left center field. It is back. It is gone. That's a home run. Chris Taylor, a two-run shot. And the Dodgers lead it 4 to nothing. Dodgers and Giants, both with uh, decisive wins. Giants 10-5 over the Rockies. They stay one game in front of the Dodgers, who beat the Cardinals 5-1. And the Cardinals, right there in the wildcard race behind the Padres and the Reds. So are the Phillies. They're all right there. The Phillies blew out the Brewers 12-0, six home runs, including a grand slam. And so they loiter now right behind... Three, uh, two games now. Two games off the pace in the wild card race. Uh, Phillies behind the Padres. Reds are one back. They got beat by the Cubbies, four to three. Over in the American League, the Yankees get dominated by the Blue Jays, eight to nothing, as Vlad Guerrero hits his 40th home run. And the Red Sox also get beat. The Rays get them in extra innings, 11 to 10. Tampa Bay down big in that game, and they come back. 
So the Yankees a half came in front of the Red Sox. The Jays and the Mariners. Three games behind the Sox for the last wild card berth. The second wild card serving its purpose, PK, keeping more teams' postseason hopes alive. So I was watching the end of the Tampa Bay-Boston games on ESPN there in the afternoon, being Labor Day. And so, you know, they start the runner at second and in the extra inning. And the Jays scored two, right? So they're up 11 to nine. And then Boston puts the runner, the guy who made the last out, on second base. So the pitcher, McHugh, I think his name is, he starts in, his, in the set position, and he just casually fakes a throw to third, which is a balk. There's nobody at third. Mm-hmm. So you can't fake a throw to mm-hmm. uh, unoccupied base. Uh, <laughs> so he, he balked, right? Mm-hmm. And thought, oh, that's kind of strange. But they wanted the runner at third. Uh, because the runner didn't matter. Because they're up, they're up two. two. Were they yeah. worried he was going to be peeking in and? Uh... Yeah, and maybe yeah, and also you uh, maybe he would get in the way of a grounder. You know, sometimes okay. they sure. stand there and yeah, you kind of pause, see if you can shield it, yeah. shield the shortstop <laughs> from seeing the ball. Yeah. I just this is the new analytics. <laughs> if you're up two in I'm the blocking, extra inning, block him over to third yeah. on purpose. You want him over to third to get him out of the way because <laughs> his run obviously is irrelevant. It's all about getting two runs, not one run, which is what happened. Next guy singled, and then I had a couple of walks. Dad, you've watched a lot of baseball. Is that the first intentional balk you've seen in your life? I was thinking, yeah, that's why I brought right, it up. Right. The intentional balk. Yeah, yeah. And this is what we have now. Yeah, I, absolutely. I hadn't, I don't think I had ever seen that. It was clear he was told to do that, and he just did it as he was going to throw it maybe three feet. He just went and looked and went like and just little dink, <laughs> just, arm motion. Yeah, and like what what are we doing here? It took me a second to figure out what was going on, and then it dawned on me. Oh, okay. Did you take the umps a second, or they call it right away? Oh no, they called it right away. Yeah. They immediately called it right yeah. away. And the announcers, I think it was uh, that one little dude from Baltimore, an old writer. I can't think of his name now, but he's been on there for years. And Eddie Perez, uh, what's that little guy's name? ESPN guy. He he loves baseball, lives and dies it. Oh, I know who you're talking about. And I was literally I know came there out of Baltimore. Was a long time. Tim Kirkjian. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean they immediately jumped on. I was like, well, you don't want him on the, you don't want him on second base to get in the way. Yeah, and I just thought, are, are we going to start to see that now? Just balk him home and get it over with. Mm-hmm. He's really not going to do much at third though. No, be anybody's no, way. no, and he's not going to take any chances himself because his run doesn't, doesn't matter and he shouldn't make an out. Yeah. Right. Bees won their third straight game, 10-3 over the Sacramento Rivercats. Teams will wrap up the series tonight at 8 o'clock. Coverage starts on the zone at 745 with Steve Klauke. That is what is trending. Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's... Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up this morning, Frank Dolce, Ute Insider, analyst for the Zone Sports Network, will join us at 7.30. He's coming up in 15 minutes to talk rivalry game. Dylan Colley, former BYU receiver at 9.05. Time right now to bring in Andrew Reinhardt from the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. How you doing, guys? We're doing well. Andrew, you're back once again, and once again the question is, why are guys still hesitating to come talk to you and get their ED taken care of? Well, there is a stigma around erectile dysfunction, and actually 
the stigma is so big that there's a lot of guys out there that don't think they have it. They don't think they have ED because they're too young. They're noticing failures in the bedroom. Things aren't working like they should. They may not even be taking the pill. They're just letting the relationship kind of suffer, deteriorate maybe. Uh, that is a dangerous road. The technology at Wasatch Medical can correct it. This is the future of treating performance issues in the bedroom. I'm convinced of it. It's backed by 50 clinical studies. It uh, uses gentle pressure waves that open up and regrow blood vessels. And you can kind of imagine what 40, 50% more blood flow in this part of the body in the bedroom would do. Uh, pretty great things for a lot of guys. We've helped men all over the country uh, turn back the clock in the bedroom, get the blood flowing properly, get off the pill, and completely get rid of the erectile dysfunction. And you're hearing all this from the patients afterwards? You're getting the feedback from them? We get feedback all the time. Uh, I try to talk to patients every week, and it's amazing the stress that melts away when a man doesn't have to rely on the pill. Uh, I believe that when things work in the bedroom, they tend to fall into place outside the bedroom. So the relationship improves. Overall happiness, the spouse is happy. Uh, it, it does have a pretty significant ripple effect. You've got a special offer for our listeners. Tell the folks about it. Yeah, we uh, always believe in delivering a lot of value. If you're struggling with ED, if you want to improve the frequency, uh, you can call us and meet with a doctor, do a screening and an assessment for free, ask all the questions uh, you probably have wanted to ask somebody, uh, leave your wallet at home. It's totally free. You get the gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom for coming in. That's pretty cool. And if you feel like you've got a need, we do the blood work and testosterone to our patients, totally free as well, uh, and that's a pretty significant value. Guys, put a stop to your ED. Call Wasatch Medical right now to claim that offer, 801-901-8000. Call Andrew at 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible opponents. Appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. Question of the morning. We got a few minutes for it here before Frank Dolce joins us at 7:30. Kyle Whittingham won't say BYU's name. Kalani Sataki roots for Utah, except when they play BYU. WTF. Well, that's exactly what I do. You won't say BYU's name? No, I root for Utah except when they play BYU. Aha! Yeah. And then what do you do? Root for BYU. Okay. Isn't it obvious? No, it's not. Well, when I said it's exactly what I do, it should be obvious. 
You could stand back and just let events That's flow exactly and don't root. That's not exactly that. I would not use, hear the words out of my mouth, ding dong. That's exactly what I do. Do you understand the definition of exactly? No. You are exactly a nerd. Do you understand that? Ah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah That's been true for a long time, so. It's exactly what I do. I'm right there, brothers in arms, with Kalani Satake. Why is this happening? David says Kyle's overcompensating. He's hanging on to Urban Meyer's shtick, and it's getting old. Frankly, Utah is focused heavily on BYU and not on November. Take a lesson from Alabama. Peak in November, December, and January. Well, they actually peak when the signing day was uh, exclusively in February. That's when they peaked. Now they peak in December because more of the kids sign in December. They peak when they bring in all that 10-star talent. 10-star, that would be awesome. Yeah, if you add them up. (laughs) 10 guys with one star? No. 20 guys with half a star? No, it's uh, one guy with 10 stars. They just seem to have so much pro talent. It's ridiculous. David says Kalani has class. Kyle does not. It's pretty simple. So Max Hall was right? David Morris, is that Max Hall's burner account? They're classless? Classless. The whole organization? I hate everything about about them. them. (laughs) Just bring that quote up, man. And that's true. I've always stood side by side with Max Hall, my fellow former Sun Devil. Because I really believe Utah is classless. I mean, you look at them. I mean, I I can kind of see up there right now. It just screams it. Jeez. Nate's ready to trick Kyle into saying, he says, ask Kyle where he got a degree from or where he played college football. You know what I find funny, though? If you bring up anything relating to BYU, he he gets visibly uncomfortable. (laughs) Why is that? Yeah. Partly. I don't know why. Maybe a little bit of the, the Urban Meyer stick. Yeah, but and this then is certainly, a decade plus later. And then certainly he got uh, he and Bronco and recruiting battles and got offended by stuff that got said. So easily offended that guy. <laughs> and then it was real. But then he didn't really want to make it about Bronco, so now he can't really go back on it, showing a weakness and all that stuff. He hated Bronco since he was born with passion. <laughs> That's a Morgan Scally line, not a Kyle line. <laughs> Well, he is who he is there, and he's not changing. Would you, BYU fans, do you want Kalani to back away from the love that he com- just consistently shines upon Utah, heaps upon them? It's an honor to play them. It's an honor to get beat by them. <laughs> he's never said that. I know, but isn't that the next thing? It's implied. That, that is the next <laughs> thing, since that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so is this Kalani trying to... Disarm Kyle? Because no. Kyle's used all this uh, hatred to rev people up? No, I think he's genuine. I don't think he has any guile about it. I think it's absolutely He had a good feels. time at Utah, and he knows people up there, so that's the way he is. I mean, obviously, Kyle's coaching staff doesn't change that much. So Kalani knows a lot of the guys. He may not know them all, but he knows a lot of them. And you root for your friends and all that stuff. Okay. And since they're independent, Kalani's not in the friend. same league, so does Kyle secretly root for Kalani? 
but he can't bring himself to say it because he's painted himself into a corner. The one time when he got his when Kalani got his first extension, I asked him at one of his Monday things, but I made sure I phrased it. Hey, one of your friends got an extension in the business, so what do you think of that? And he didn't know, and I had to tell him. But I made sure I didn't say those dreaded words. <laughs> those dreaded letters. letters or words. You can't say Brigham Young, and you can't say B Y U. Just a, an interesting phenomenon all these years later, and it was Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer had no angst or any feeling against BYU. He barely knew their name. No, I mean, he, not. <laughs> he figures, I got to go there once, and then I'm gone. Yes. <laughs> That's it. And if it doesn't go exactly the way I planned, then I have to go there twice. But then I'm, I'm gone. gone. <laughs> Just got to win a bunch, and then I'm gone. Yeah. I mean, that was his plan from the day he said yes to go there once. I don't think he thought he can work miracles in his first year, although he darn near did, but he would need his second year to back it up. So he was forced to go there one time, and that's all he did. He's the best winning percentage ever of a visiting coach. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to beat that. You can tie it, but you're not beating it. Right. Fewest points ever allowed by a visiting coach on that field. Zero. (laughs) Yeah, all, all these years, all the stuff that's happened, there's only been one shutout. So Since the rivalry I mean, heated he up again. He, I can remember having this argument with guy of all places down at Coral Canyon Golf Course one time, and he get, get paired up with this guy from Ohio State, and he's just going on about how Urban's a Buckeye, blah blah blah. I said, dude, he is no <laughs> more a Buckeye than I am. <laughs> He, he's himself. Urban and Shelley Incorporated. And says, well, you know, you notice how every coach, they never go anywhere afterward. They're done coaching. See, yeah, because they get fired. I said, but this is not true. I think Earl Bruce went to Colorado State. Uh, but normally when they're done, they're fired, and that's it. And I said, oh, Urban will coach someplace else. Don't get all excited. Like He's your guy. He's your guy now. But he's his guy. Urban Inc. And wherever that's going to take him. And obviously it's taken him to the NFL. But it is fascinating in that after all these years, Whittingham still will never, ever say it. And anytime anybody asks him a question about it, he sort of tenses up. As recently as this R.J. Young down in Pac-12 Media Day asked him about his rival. You know who I'm talking about. You darn well know. He threw in the darn well know. He didn't go damn. He went darn. Uh, yeah, he wouldn't even. He couldn't even say it then. What a, a rival. We got lots of rivals. No, you don't. You got one. You got one. That is it. You got one. And be grateful you have that one because a lot of schools don't have that one. You got one. And it actually separates you from so many schools. You got the cool rivalry that's not in the conference. That's awesome. You get extra buzz. Your players get extra buzz. You put the video on the reel as they were talking about yesterday. Was it Nick Ford and Samson Nakua? Yep. They both they were on yesterday. And we had known that. Yeah. They both went to it. And Kyle saying we don't lose to these guys. We're big brother in the state. Yeah. Well, let's they keep are. it that way. They are. There's yep. no doubt about it. Nine in a row. Yeah. And they're favored to get 10 in a row. I think they will get 10 in a row. 
DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in Frank Dolce, our Utah Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Frank joins us, as all the guests do, on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Rivalry week. Does it get the blood pumping? <laughs> Because if it does, then we're doing well. Yes, sure. we're doing well. Thank you for yeah, the nice cities. Uh, well, it, I mean, there's always something about <laughs> rivalry week. Second, it just feels a little different when it's the second week in the season. Um, although I think I, I, I like the way that this aligns better for, for Utah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about rivalry week. And I think based on the, the, the games that we saw out of both out of the opponents that uh, it should be a very interesting matchup. I actually like it second week. If you can't go first, you, you, go second. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go the end of the year. Let's just forget that. They had the one. No, and occasionally a, yeah. they get that, but, but we can get over yeah. that. It doesn't really matter. But the second week, give them a game and to there's so much room for improvement for both ball clubs. And then you get a big game you're excited about the first game, no matter who they play, because it's the first game, right? So you have that level of excitement because it's the first time in months. This year, first time fans, so you had all that stuff going on. And now the second week, there's buzz in the second week. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that if if it's not the finale, then second week makes a lot of sense. How much confidence do you have that it will be 10 in a row for your alma mater? Well, I, I certainly favor Utah in, in this matchup, but uh, I, I actually think it's pretty close this year. Uh, the the competition is going to be pretty close between the two, two teams. So I, you know, Utah. I, I was hopeful Utah would show more in the first game. I know, I, you know, we all know they were vanilla on offense and and defense. You know, they didn't do they didn't do much. Just tried to to get the win, kind of a ho hum, you know, forty seventeen win, and and now they have a chance to to clean things up. But there are certain areas where I thought they they would be a little more dominant. So the concerns we had about the offensive line, I think, materialized a little bit. Uh, not not to take away anything from Weber State because I think they played extremely well and should should challenge for a conference championship. Uh, but defensively, that was a that was where I thought Utah would really shine, and um, I think they did some good things, but certainly still work to do on that on that defensive front. I thought the linebackers were really. I just thought. <laughs> I just thought of defensive line, um, and and then I thought the young secondary played played pretty well, and a lot of promise in the secondary. So, you know, overall, I think this is a pretty athletic Utah football team. I really like the quarterback position. Great options at the running back. I think we uncovered a couple, you know, receiver op- options and. You know, I think everything is pointing the right way, but I do still think it makes for a compelling matchup this weekend. Yeah. How about the running backs? I was impressed. I like the running backs. Uh, I like I like Bernard a lot. I, the way I characterized it, I thought 
Bernard was like a, could be a very solid, steady, every down back, you know, m- maybe average, you know, four plus yards per carry. Um, I it, I don't know that he would be like the explosive, break a bunch of tackles and you know pick up fifty yards. Maybe that's in his character, but he seemed more like kind of a steady. He's going to be your foundation kind of back. You just rely a reliable kind of back. Um, and then um, Tavion, I thought, was the more explosive of the two. And so I'm, I'm really – like, he's the guy that seems like a, could be potentially a game-breaker uh, in, in that backfield right now. Uh, but the, I, I think you guys mentioned it, too, last week. He just has to hold on to the football because if he doesn't, then he's, just, he, he's not going to see much, much of the playing – playing field so and then um i think the you know there's there's two other guys there and the the transfer from lsu like i in his his very limited carries i thought he showed a lot of promise and so i'm curious to see how how that unfolds i would put those those as the top three guys in the running back but a super i I think super talented in the backfield and now you're just going to have to settle on a maybe on a two-guy rotation at some point. Charlie Brewer's 19-27, and obviously two touchdown passes could have, would have, should have been caught, and there were a couple more drops. So when we look at that spring game, which we routinely dismiss, maybe that 15-15 was actually real, 23-27. It's Weber State. He's not in Pac-12 play, and he's not out there playing with adrenaline and a rivalry game and all that. What what makes him so accurate, at least to date? Maybe we'll have to take that back later. But at least to date, what what does that? Well, there, he's very sound mechanically. I think we've seen Utah quarterbacks in the past who've not been that way, and that leads to some some issues throwing the ball. Even though those guys could at times be very effective, but I, I think if you watch Brewer from especially from the hips down, like. He's very sound mechanically. Great footwork. Um, he's always kind of po- getting himself pointed in the right direction to deliver the football. He doesn't have chatty feet in the pocket. Like, he seems super, super steady in the pocket. Um, his throwing motion is very good. So, I think mechanically, he's, he's just really sound. And uh, and clearly he's been. I mean, that, some of that could be natural, but clearly he's been coached uh, extremely well coming up through his 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 quarterback life. So I I I'm a big fan. I mean, I I didn't know what to expect. I've seen I've seen film on him, and uh, all the numbers look really good. And you just don't know until you see the guy live. And he, I thought he was very impressive live. And I also thought that Cam Rising, the thing about Cam Rising is he probably knew he was going to get some snaps, but he immediately took snaps like he was a starter. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't a drop-off. He was engaged in the game. You could see it on the sideline. He, the moment he stepped on the field, he knew what he needed to do. And, and so I was impressed with, with both of those guys. And what I – what I thought before in that Utah had depth at the quarterback position like they haven't had in the past, I think that materialized. 
All right, Frank. Well, my role here obviously is to play the devil's advocate, or in this case, the Sun Devil's advocate. So my co-host is pumping up a spring <laughs> game in Weber State. Uh, yes. And we're going back yeah. two years when he led them to the Sugar Bowl, I think it was. But last year, they sucked. Man, no big deal. We're just overlooking that. Uh, so this guy, man, we just want to heap praise on him. He looked good in the spring game against Weber, and Weber State. I'm going to reserve judgment until they're down four or five, and there's two and a half minutes to go, and they get the ball on the 25. And until that moment comes, I don't know what they've got. I think they've got something good, but I don't know what they've got. I don't care. He could have gone 100 for 100 in the spring game, and he could have gone 13 for 10 in the against Weber State. It doesn't matter. I mean, you look at in the Big 12. Tulane put 35 on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So... Who can't throw the ball in the Big 12? You're the, you're, you're, Jamal Holloway out of Banning, if they would have brought him back in the 80s today, he would throw for 350 yeah. yards. I mean, come on. He might. I mean, that, yeah, that could be. So, Although I don't think mechanically he was quite as sound as, as Brewer. He wasn't, but he would have been so. coached up by his father and blah, 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 and his grandfather and everybody else. So, so I'm not saying he's bad by any stretch. But I'm saying I got to wait until I actually see a drive they've got to have. And he could probably do it, but I'm a little bit hesitant based on no defense or little defense in the Big 12 and the spring game in Weber State. Well, we'll see if his mechanics hold up under pressure. I think that's, that's going to be the thing. And if, if that's the case, then if his mechanics hold up, then – then I I think he'll be he'll be fine. The the other thing that you you know you probably have to consider in that is is the level of competition uh, in in the defensive secondary is going to change uh, in the next several weeks and windows. Those are start to look a little more thin and that's that makes it more difficult. So. Hey, I, I'm not ready to give him the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that uh, of all the recent quarterbacks that we've seen with Utah, and a lot of those guys have been very successful and have had opportunities to, to move on, he is the most mechanically sound that I think we've seen. I, You know, I, I, I kind of would say, like, um, Jackson Dart, who played at Corner Canyon last year, I said about him, like, he, he was the guy of all the school quarterbacks, I think, he was the guy that all of the tools, all, it was the most mechanically sound, had all of the tools to make it at the next level. Will he make it at the next level? I don't know. Yeah. But he has, he has all the stuff. And I think that is probably how I would describe Brewer at this point is like he has all the stuff to make it. And and I don't disagree. I'd like to see him under duress as well to see how he manages that situation. Yeah, I think he'll be fine, but I'm just a little hesitant to heap praise based on the spring game in Weber State. Well, the spring game can get pretty raucous. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, BYU, I'll have to watch one of them one of these times. Will Tyler Algier be able to run the ball against Utah's defense? Because Utah dominated the last time they met two years ago, and BYU didn't run for 100 yards in that game as a team. They didn't have a back who ran for 50. 
Uh, Tyson Williams was held to 45 in that game. So yeah. is BYU going to be able to run the ball, or is Utah going to make them one-dimensional right away? Well, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be Utah's game plan. And Utah's game plan doesn't alter too much on the defensive side <laughs> from week to week to week. Maybe a little more emphasis this week on shutting down and controlling and containing the run game. I, but I think Algier's a better back than he was, too. Um, he has a pretty good... He was a linebacker back then, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could have been. <laughs> so, uh, and, and he has a pretty good group in front of him. Uh, so, but yes, Utah will be focused on, you know, that you, you can't have a 100-yard rusher in the game, and so that's going to be the big... That's going to be the big emphasis on the defensive side, and that comes down to the, the you know the the front four in the seven seven man rotation, and and the two guys in back who who are who are very good and played really well last week. Uh, but I you know, I think that's a huge threat uh, because I like the way that Algier played um, against Arizona. And by the way, I think you know we, we all talked about Arizona being terrible and. I don't know if they're so terrible, right? But but, uh, but Algier played. I, I thought he played really well. Hey, the way Arizona's going, they can win the Pac-12 North. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I, I I I don't know what I, th- well, I I don't know what we think about the Pac-12 at this point. Pac-12 comes out what six and six in the first weekend with yeah. um. How does Washington? How does Washington lose that game? I mean. Is that just that's just that's just crazy? Don James um, rolled over. Oh my gosh! I think <laughs> Jimmy Lake, uh, you know, Jimmy Lake could be on a, a short leash here after one after one matchup. Well, they got a pretty um, good coach on campus. <laughs> you know, Chris it Peterson. Was an, it, it was an odd retirement. Maybe he's going to do. A, maybe he's going to do a. You know, Rick Majerus during his career at Utah took two years off. It was like he yeah. took a year off, and then he yeah. coached a couple of years. And he took another year off, right. coached a little bit more. Right. So who, who who knows? But but yeah, the 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 Pac-12 and Oregon going down to the wire. I mean, the, I, I don't know what to think uh, of the Pac-12. I I watched almost all of those games. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I I don't know. I just I. With Clay Helton at the helm at, at USC, I know they kind of ran away with it, but I always feel like he just doesn't get everything out of that talent. Uh, and so I, I think USC looks looks really beatable. Um, UCLA, how about UCLA? Maybe they're the yeah. maybe they're the the surprise in the in the in the south this year. Well, they've had five straight. Um, anyway, they've had five straight losing seasons. It's about time. I know. You know, you walk across like I say I say the same thing about San Diego State. Um, I say it about UCLA. Like you walk across those campuses, you you walk around those towns. How do you not recruit to those areas? In shorts like, no I less. Mean, I, I, I I understand if you're dropping a kid off, you know, in Laramie 
you know, Goes for the worst example. <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying, I always said that they, they landed in Denver and the coach just said, welcome to Laramie, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just up the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I just, uh, I, I've always thought that about UCLA. And, and so maybe now Chip Kelly is going to get that, is going to get that thing under under control, but that that was a good win, um, yeah, and sure. and Ed Ed Orgeron looked a little lost on the sideline. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's, it's, the Pac-12 looks like it's going to be the Pac-12 again. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know what's cool is I think that this is going to be the last time that BYU and Utah play each other, in which one is an independent. Because they're not scheduled to play for the next two years, so when they reconvene, what would that be in 2024? I believe BYU will be in the Big 12 at that point, and I think when we get to that in two years, it'll add more juice because it'll not only be the rivalry, but it'll also take on the Pac-12, Big 12, and Big 12 has been beleaguered now for the last several weeks. Oh, they're the little eight and they don't deserve Power 5 status, blah, 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 blah. So I'm jumping ahead two years, but I think that's going to add some real, just more excitement and ammunition to when these two teams get together in 2024. And God willing, Frank, I hope I'm there. Yeah, you, you, both of us. I mean, I hope both of us. <laughs> I hope both of us are there. And 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 by the way, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily root for for BYU, or that's probably I don't root for BYU. I should say I don't. <laughs> it's not a necessarily, but but uh, but I do. I, I'm a huge fan of Kalani, and and doesn't that just doesn't that just make sense to to for 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 those guys to move into the Big 12. I mean, that just seems like a, you know, uh, a really good fit, a really good opportunity. And there's lots of good things that come with being associated with the conference. You know, the NCAA is kind of goofy right now. We'll see what happens with college football over the next several years. But, but um, I, I don't think there's future. There's a good future with independence uh, for BYU. And so, so this opportunity is enormous, and Agreed. and uh, you know, good, good, yeah, good, good for those guys, good for Kalani, and it makes I th- I do I think it makes for a a much more compelling matchup outside of the rivalry to have those conferences going against each other. I agree. BYU's yeah. got a lot of games scheduled in the future, and they're going to have to let some of them go if slash win slash next week they join the Big Twelve. So, how will you and your Ute brethren handle it if BYU turns around and says, eh, we got some big games on the schedule, we just can't play Utah these two years? They won't. They won't chicken out. Well, uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't get too caught up in, in those things. Like, if they, if they said that, I'm like, okay. How about your Ute brethren, go, then? Go find another. Yeah, some of, some of those guys... Uh, will go well. I think it would be like like uh, PK just said, like you know, oh, you're chickening out. You know, the, the, it would it would just become you know kind of this bragging rights sort of. And it would fire up the rivalry even more if they didn't play. Yeah, it might. It might. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't get too caught up in that. So. Like if we're if we're gonna play if if we happen to play them then I think that's great like I think that's a game that should be on the schedule 
but I don't I don't necessarily lose sleep if that game's not on the schedule for for whatever reason. And if if Utah wants to back out or if BYU wants to back out of that game, I just I'm like well, there's a lot more there's a lot of other things to worry yeah, about. Let's you know go on. find another game. Right. I agree. <laughs> Let's go find another game. But but um but there is you know, it does make it kind of fun too when when there's uh, a year or two when there's not a game. And so the game before you have the break, you know, then that's the biggest game ever because, you know, and then you have bragging rights for a year or two after that, or, or the game coming back from the break is, you know, that's the biggest game ever. So I do, I do think there's some excitement that's manufactured as a result of, of laying off for a year or two. All right, Frank, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Man, I uh, I really appreciate being with you guys. Have you have you uh, have, have we got? Are we too early in the week for you to pick a score on this one yet? I haven't, so I guess I the answer is score, yes. But I'm going with Utah. But I'll think about a score. Oh, yeah. you should be here Thursday at nine twenty-two. <laughs> that's when. Yeah, that's that's when you're giving your score. Yeah, yeah. Come on, it's radio. <laughs> Thursday at nine twenty-two. Also, uh, also, also Friday at uh, seven forty. <laughs> I'm not giving my score when he gives his score. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give my score uh, Wednesday at. <laughs> 3.30 p.m. Okay. I'll be, I'll be listening. Of All course. right. There it is. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback. He's our insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The head coach of BYU, Kalani Sataki. Even if coaches did handle it the same, wouldn't you expect your players to kind of feel the emotion of this game and handle the week differently? Yeah, coaches may say, hey, it's just another game. But the truth is, everything else outside of them says it's different, right? So the way the fans handle it, it's way different. So I say, let's just embrace it. Let's have fun with it, man. If we go into it saying, hey, this is just another game, that sounds great on paper and in print. But the truth is, we know those guys. There's a lot of guys on this team that are really familiar with them, that are friends with them. Me and my little brother, TJ, were playing here, and our oldest brother was playing at the U. So that makes a difference. And so why would you ever try to change that? The fans know each other. They're in the same households. Let's just have fun with the whole experience. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Join the big show on Thursday, September 9th from 2 to 7 p.m. at Mountain Mike's Pizza, 3785 West, 104 South in South Jordan. It's their grand reopening. Beat Mike Smith, Utah Jazz broadcaster in a shooting contest and win a 20-inch pizza. That's Mountain Mike's Pizza on Thursday, September 9th. You ain't beating Mike Smith. Get out of town. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of pizza going to be given away there. <laughs> Good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Kyle Winningham won't say BYU's name. Kalani roots for Utah, except when they play BYU. WTF. I'll say it. BYU, 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 BYU. Gwen says the football coach up north needs to get over himself. Up north? Up north. That's uh, Tup or Torn? 
Toon. Brian says, you are, north. you are truly scrapping the bottom. I'm sure he meant one less P there in scraping. You're truly scrapping the bottom of the barrel to stir up something Whoa. in rivalry that isn't really there. He's a loser. <laughs> they are friends and support each other. I've met both, and they are both great guys. Oh, I love them both. If I ever got married again, I'd ha- it would be a tough call. Who would be my best man, Kyle or Kalani? <laughs> the two Ks. <laughs> Coming up, the Oklahoma State coach is talking BYU. Who's on board? I am. We, so is he. We, we, I'm a man. I'm older than 40. <laughs> I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, sometimes when you're a man and you're 40, you need help from Andrew Reinhardt and Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, breakthrough treatment, no pill, no injections, no surgery. This is easier than most guys think, right? This is easier than most guys think. Just uh, think here. If you're frustrated in the bedroom, two to three weeks from now, what might happen to the relationship, intimacy, if the ED were gone? If you didn't have to take the pill, if frequency in the bedroom came back to what it was, that is, I mean, I don't think life-changing is, is overstating it. This is an important part of life, and Wasatch Medical Clinic has helped a lot of guys with wave technology. It uses these gentle pressure waves that Similar to breaking down a gym, uh, breaking down a muscle in the gym, excuse me, we build the blood vessels up stronger and allow for more blood flow. It typically takes a few short 10-minute treatments over two to three weeks, and that is it. You could be done. Uh, this is treating the root cause problem of the erectile dysfunction. There are no side effects, and that, I believe, is why so many men are doing it. So why do men want to stop taking the pill? For ED. Nor- normally, it's uh, two things, the side effects and the lack of spontaneity. Couples really don't want to plan intimate moments or schedule them around a pill. Uh, you want on-demand function, and you don't get that with medication. As far as I know, this technology, a Wasatch Medical, is the only thing that can restore the spontaneity. You got a special offer. Tell the folks about it. Yeah, a lot of value. We believe in this. Uh, If you're struggling with ED and want to regain the love life, call us. You'll meet with our doctor. The assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound is free. You get the very popular gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. And if you feel like you've got a need, blood work and testosterone to our patients is totally free. Uh, There's a lot of value in this today. Guys, you can put a stop to your D by calling Wasatch Medical right now to claim that offer, 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Call Andrew right now at 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys.